0: And all the saints said, Amen. Amen. Thank you, Narissa. We always appreciate uh, the songs that you bring before us. We don't expect all the time to be new songs, just a song from the heart. And, uh, and, and we, we really appreciate that. I think I, I speak on behalf of all the saints of God. This, this morning, as we uh, come together, it's my desire that we um, go back to the drawing board. There's some things that we need to look at, we need to learn. But there's some things that we're familiar with. Um, And we're going to see some things that Jesus says that's kind of puzzling. But getting ahead of myself. Let's bow in a word of prayer. Father, thank you for the saints of God. Thank you for our time together. Um, Nothing is by accident. You have us here, Lord. You have exactly who you want here at this point. There's some things that you want to speak into each one of our lives that will make a difference. Not only now, but throughout eternity. Lord, thank you for how Jesus Christ presents things in a way that it flows with all things. Keep it real. And so as we look at the passage of Scripture, as we read through it, as we talk about it and wrap things up, we pray, Lord, that we can answer some serious questions for ourselves. In Jesus' name we pray, and all the saints said. Well, we, uh, we're dealing this morning with discipleship is not free. It's, when we talk about discipleship not being free, uh, you always have folks coming with their hands out. They want to receive something without giving something. And that turns out to be a very unique situation. But discipleship is not free. And it's John 8, verse 18 to 22. Um, it's not many verses. So There's about five verses almost, something like that. But within the five verses, I think my, my, my prayer is that the Lord will lay on your heart what He's kind of has spoken to me about. Uh, let's go. Now, when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go on the other side. That's a puzzler. And a scribe came up and said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes and birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. Another disciple said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, follow me and leave the dead to bury their own dead. Jesus made some very unique statements here, I think, that we need to uh, analyze this morning and then make it very personal. But, of course, we used to go into uh, the introduction, thinking it through. As we consider the dynamics of discipleship, I want to put this question on the table. Why are you following the Lord Jesus Christ? And is there any evidence of spiritual maturity taking place? There should be a question mark. The whole idea is this. Why are you following the Lord Jesus Christ? I don't want to go to hell. Okay, all right, praise the Lord. You, you know that he, God delivers. Okay, now, why, once we pass that, why are you, if you are, why are you following Jesus Christ? What's the reason? What's your motive operandi? What's driving you? More than the label of being a Christian, okay, you're a Christian doing what? Why? And see, that's, remember that uh, those who are at the marriage retreat, we start off the marriage retreat with the word why. We listed all the things, then we just put that one word, and we spoke, talked a long time on the word why. You can nail a person with the word why. There's a commercial that where, the, where the, uh, they're in this, um, this man dealing with real estate and everything else, and he's saying this, and this little girl kept saying, "Why, why, why?" And I can see the guy saying, look, girl, you better shut up," you know, but, but he couldn't say that. You know, but the, the, the child kept saying, "Why?" But let me let me, go, let me go back just a little bit here. Embracing the concept, we are called to do specific things in our life. That requires being totally in tune with the will of God. If you don't experience immediate results, don't be distracted or discouraged. That really blessed my heart this week. Uh, I listened to various speakers and what have you. That that's, that's a real blessing. And and one of the things that they they stressed was, don't get bent out of shape based on your present situation. We are all travelers. What are we? so then where you are you won't be there probably won't be there tomorrow so don't get bent out of shape what happened yesterday and talk about everything that happened yesterday you'll waste today talking about yesterday clarifying our thoughts for this morning the question is not what god will be doing for us that was already been that has already been settled but as, but as commit, committed uh, followers, what we should be doing in response to his uh, demands. I'll outline the departure from ins- insincerity. Two, hasty declaration, the hasty declaration. And three, the hesitant decision. Well, let's start off with the first one. Now, if we deal with the first one, the departure from insincerity. That's why this verse really gets, gets gets me. It says, now when Jesus saw a crowd around him, he gave orders to go over to the other side. How many times did Jesus run away from a crowd? You see what I'm saying? A crowd is gathering around him and he says, let's go over to the other side. Yeah. Now, I do, you watch. We always ask the question, well, Lord, why did you leave the crowd? These people... They, they wanted to see you. They wanted to hear you. Why did you diss them by going, not only going to the other side, just going over the other side of the lake? Just go. said, let's get in the boat and go on the other side, leave the crowd. By the way, that same crowd got in boats and followed him all the way on the other side. Then we need to analyze why Jesus walked away from the crowd so we can settle some things in our own heart. Because I have a question: Why, Lord? You know, observation. It is rare that Jesus will walk away from a crowd. Why did he decide to get into a boat and go over to uh, to the other side? Personal observation. Now, when I say personal observation, that means Don Raggett, okay? And I put before you the word constituents. What is it? There's, there's three groups of people that you hang around, that, that you encounter. Conrads, and that's where you have the United Nations. They, some of them don't like each other, but they're together for a cause. You have Conrads. Then you have constituents. Those are those who uh, love the rock stars and everybody else and, you know, they, I love them, I love them, I love them. But they wouldn't die for him now, but I mean, I love him, I love him, I love him, you know. I mean, it doesn't cost them anything, they just love him, love him, love him, love them. Got pictures of him and everything else, but they are constituents. And then the next level that you have is what they call confidants. The confidants are those whom you pour around you and you can pour your life into. That's the disciples, he poured his life into them. You'll find this as we uh, go along further. God is not looking for individuals who associate with him from a self-serving perspective. We are called to serve him, not to supplement our agenda. I hear folks, doing, and God's going to do this for me, and God, like he's a bellhop. How can God be your bellhop? And he says, follow me. Who's following who? And so it's so important then that as we think about uh, where God is in my life, we need to stop and ask right now. If God does not do anything else for me, would I still love him? Would I still follow him? Would I still trust him? If today God says, I'm not going to give you anything from today, everything's going to start going downhill. Wrong decision. Here's the wrong decision. The wrong decision that is, if everything starts going downhill, you decide to walk away from the person who made the hills. I would look into the hills from when's comes my help. There's some things that God permits in our lives, and regardless of how you pray about it, you might even get more in the results of your praying. Let me, let me go, go back to this, um, uh, this here. Now, when Jesus saw the crowd around him, he uh, gave orders to go to the other side of the observation. It is rare that Jesus would do this. We talked about that. Then we look at the whole idea of being hasty. Now, this word hasty is another situation. First thing, Jesus, here's the first snapshot. Jesus says, All crowds are not around you because they love you. A lot of times, crowds are around you for what they can get. You know, that's why I keep stressing when it comes down to to, to programs. Whenever you set forth a program, you know what's going to happen? If it's not Christ-centered, then they expect you to do the same or even more the next time. Why? Because you are feeding that part of them spiritually. No, but every time I I, we uh, went to the second honeymoon. Those who probably went to that, we don't know. But but Linda got us going. Willie Richardson um, had that thing going. We went all the way up to Disney World. Boy, I mean, there was just I mean the the couples were going all over Atlanta, you know, and and we were going all over the place. Guess what? Every time people wanted something more, you see. And they didn't want to pay more. They got all the way up to Disney World. Those folks messed up so bad that Willie Richardson was in $10,000 of debt. But they wanted more. And that was the last time they had an affair. Disney turned around and and forgave them the debt. He was highly embarrassed. Why? Because you see, there's a tent. That's why when Jesus saw the crowd, he knew what that crowd was all about. Oh come on, you guys wanted the next meal. You want some more bread and fish? Oh, leave the gospel stuff out. Leave, leave this good about like you, the Messiah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Just give me some bread and some fish, and we're gonna follow you on the other side of the lake. Because we don't have to work for it. You're the one supplying it. So Jesus said, when he said, when he saw the crowd, understand now, God reads minds. When he saw the crowd coming, he said, let's go over on the other side. You know, it's bad when God walks away from you, it's bad. Then brought the whole idea of being hasty. There's a need to understand the mentality, first, of constituents. Number one, what are they? They were drawn to, their, or drawn to the obvious. Two, they were ready to see but not be committed. Three, they have a limited sense of loyalty. Four, they have a tendency to be self-serving. This is what Jesus was walking away from. Next. Their level of accepting the reality of importance, of uh, or of a uh, was restricted. Okay, and so next, their level of belief, faith, and trust were severely restricted. As we look at this, Matthew eight nineteen, and the scribe came up and said to him, "Teacher," we come now to the other part, the hasty decision, "Teacher." He said to him, teacher, I will follow you wherever you go. And Jesus said to him, foxes have holes, birds of the air have nests, but the son of man has nowhere to lay his head. The profile of the hasty. Not considering the big picture. What do you mean going to follow me? Where do, you th- where do you think I'm going? Why was the guy so energetic to follow Jesus? If Jesus can heal the sick and raise the dead and get a little food going on, he said, "Lord, I'm going to follow you because what you get, I know what I'm going to get. So wherever you go, and notice the position—he's a scribe. He's supposed to be doing his business, but he's a scribe. I'm going to follow you wherever you go, Lord." not willing to make the necessary sacrifices that type of person is hasty like that they don't count what it would cost to follow here's another one not willing to endure the inevitable or accept the obvious There are some things that's why jesus christ said you no know, birds have necks foxes have whole birds have nests but the son of man have you know you're gonna follow me and it's all i have I guess the guy backed backed up and said, well, Jesus, (laughs) I'll tell you, you, I'll be praying for you. Praying for your ministry. Do well. When people see what it takes to get where you're going, they're not willing to pay the price. I used to say, see the need, have the desire, be willing to pay the price. And a lot of times people see the need, they have the desire, but when it comes down to what it will cost them, And you find that those who do tremendous things in the sports world or whatever, they have to give up something. It costs them dearly, financially and and socially and, and in every area, physically. It costs them. When they get a reward, when they get some type of gold, whatever the case may be, it's because they work for it. Look at them. None of them just walked right in and they were famous. There was hours of practicing over and over. But he says, I'm going to follow you. What do you mean you're going to follow me? Number one, you don't understand what I'm doing. Number two, you don't understand where I'm going. And you're making a definite commitment of what you're going to do. Are you a disciple of Christ? Or are you just making statements just like this guy? Lord, I will follow you wherever you go. Oh, they even have a song. If Jesus go with me, I'll go anywhere. Oh boy, they just and it has a little tune to it, and folks just love it. Then Lord says, "Good." Then here's where I want you to go. I peace, Lord, don't send me to Africa. Don't send me to Africa. I don't want to go to Africa. Well, you don't know anything about Africa. But I'm not. Gonna, you get lost going there anyway. No, I'm not going to send you there. I tell you what. I'm going to send you next door to your neighbor that you've had such a hard time with and they're going to hate you and talk about you for at least seven years and I want you to hang in there and take all the insults. I can imagine what the person would say back to the Lord. Is this you Lord? Give me a sign. You know, no, no, that's, that's what uh, I, mean, I mean the whole idea is this I, uh, I need something to really reinforce following the Lord don't be so hasty uh, you, you find that Ecclesiastes talked about making uh, a hasty vow before the Lord don't make a vow and don't keep it say why would the Lord be angry with you and destroy your works Not willing to pay the price before making the commitment. Consider the reaction of the constituents. After this, Jesus went away to the other side of the sea, which is the sea of Tiberias and a large crowd were following him because this, we went that. But Jesus knowing in himself that his disciples were grumbling about this and said to them, do you take offense? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascending to where he was before? It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no uh, help at all. The words that I have spoken to you are spirit and life. But there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus knew from the beginning who, were, uh, those who, would, uh, who did not believe and who it was who would betray him and jesus said this is why i told you that no one can come to me unless it is granted him by my father by the father after this many of his disciples get this now what do they do they turn back after this as he said this they turn back and jesus said to his his uh, to the twelve do you want to go away also as well are you gonna leave me also all these folks will follow me and everything else i made a very emphatic statement about what the father does you can't come into unless the father draws you they're offended by this and then he asked the disciples you guys been following me are you gonna leave me as well so for simon Peter said. let's read it together simon answered him Lord to whom shall we go you have the words of eternal life and we have believed and have come to know that you are the holy one of God one of the things that keep us on track as as believers as disciples is that we believe that Jesus Christ is the holy one the son of God that died for our sins how how does this how does this pan out it pans out as to how we live every day it's not a self serving this what my agenda is the first thing you want to ask is lord what do you want me to do today keep me sensitive to the people you want me to encounter today help me to open my mouth share with them today don't set an agenda and then lord say lord bless my agenda what you're saying is Follow me through this. Quit at telling God to follow you, and He's saying you are, if you're a disciple, then means the disciple are learners. You're supposed to follow him. Observation. Peter made a hasty statement and he found himself in a valley of regret, guilt, embarrassment, and even defeat. We're still talking about making haste. He made a hasty statement. Lord. I know others will forsake you. Me. I, I got you. I got you, Jesus. Others might do it, but I got you. And Jesus looked at him and said, Peter, um, Simon, you're going to uh, deny me. Before the cock crow three times, you going to deny me. And Peter made very clear that he wasn't. He got the other disciples saying, no, we're with you. Guess what? Before the three times, after the three times, the cock crowed. And for the first time, Peter had to keep it real. I'm not all that I thought I was. And I didn't have Jesus where he should be. And I've been around him enough. But listen carefully. I'm not all that I thought I was. Here's the biggie. I didn't keep Jesus in his rightful place through the hard times. Three things according to John six sixty six. They had a complaining spirit. They turned back, walked away from him. They no longer walked with him. Wow. That's where you talk about the hate that hasty spirit. First, the guy who's saying, I'll go with you. Then you have the other part where you have a crowd that walked away. Did it change Jesus' mind as to what he was going to do for us? Praise God. He, <laughs> he didn't let the crowd who walked away, the insults of the uh, Pharisees and the Sadducees, um, the Sadducees, he didn't have, I mean, he didn't let any of that dis- dis- disturb him or cause him to walk away from his eternal purpose. And he says, I want you to follow me. And you're going to be hit with three things the world, the flesh, and the devil. Prophesational uh, identification. I won't go too deep in this, but this won't this go, go uh, just a little bit. When we talk about um, this whole idea of uh, I'll call it post call it, uh, um, I think it's called postmodern, postmodernization. post-modernization you can look up in, in Wikipedia just did, you the, did the homework for you Postmodernization. it comes from the first modernization that's a, the that's a stage that people have gone through now we're in a post-modernization uh, phase post-modernization, here is the thinking. One, there is no truth. Two, there is no God. Three, you make your own decisions. And as you look at all of this, and it, and it permeates through our economy, in and, and, uh, and the religious world, and, all the, and the people's thinking, so it's, so it's all about. Guess what? It boils down to you make the final decisions. It's nothing new under the sun. That was that was something that going all the way back to Genesis and what what, uh, what Satan was trying to do. Did God really say no? He's not. See, all you have to do is act on your own, bite of the fruit, and you know good and evil. He, what he didn't tell them was you, was you won't know how to handle it and so you had the complaining people who left Jesus and guess what the Bible says they were his disciples oh they followed him here and they followed but when he came, when it got down to what God really requires of believers, You find that it does not start with what you do, it starts with who you are. And if you don't know who you are, you're going to mess up what you do. And you're going to think that you're doing great work. Remember what Jesus Christ said? That in that day, there are a lot of them to come and say, Lord, didn't I do this and didn't I do this in your name? And he's going to say, I never knew you. There was never a time that you and I had an intimate relationship. Delayed response. Been very patient. When we talk about delayed response, another disciple said to him, "Lord, let me first go and bury my father." Now that's touching, isn't it? <laughs> you know, he said, to the "Lord," and, and so he said, "Let me go bury my father." Oh, understand now the father image in the Jewish community. Lord, I follow you, but <laughs> let me bury my father first, and. Uh, but you know what His, Jesus Christ came cold because uh, he, he, uh, but we'll just deal with this first from these two scriptures there are two facts we should consider number one the delay was given to one of the, of the disciples there were several problems with the disciples response one he treated the command like a request then the Lord said do you have time to follow me The Lord said, follow me. And then he says, I'll do that, Lord. But see, I had this, my, my, my father died. I tell you what, I'll follow you after I bury my father. Jesus came very cold on him, didn't he? Since when do you put your personal agenda about what God called you to do? It has nothing to do with how you feel or what you think. What did God tell you to do? Why is it that God can tell the universe and birds and everything else and they move, angels, all of them move. Then when they tell us, then Lord, <laughs> as soon as I finish, I work with a chaplain in the, in the service, with this chaplain in the service. I was a, uh, a chaplain assistant. And, um, and and the whole idea was this. He said, I'm going to be this chaplain, and after, after I do all of the chaplaincy, then I'm going to do my all. He had it all planned. I have a minister friend who says, when I get a certain age, I'm going to get, uh, I'm going to resign from the church, I'm going to take my pension, and I'm going to do such and such and such, and preach on the side. Oh. And what you're saying is you expect to live that long. You expect the God for God to put up with your mess. When God put a call on your life, he's saying drop it and come. Not wait till I finish this and I get this. If God put a call on your life, drop it and come. The Lord taught me that lesson, serious lesson. He placed more emphasis on a physical relationship instead of, of a, okay, I should that the, uh, an eternal uh, uh, agenda. He assumed that Christ's call could be put on hold. He had a conceptual problem with the significance of the responsibility of a disciple. A disciple doesn't tell the discipler what he's going to do a disciple follows and do exactly as they're told See, we have to understand what happened in those days if you had a a rabbi if he had someone who was going to they were going to disciple they become just like their disciple they're going to uh... if they i mean as far as what they read they every if they follow him everywhere because that's the disciple of rabbi such and such and such the disciples with Jesus, they followed Jesus what? Everywhere. Now, unless he send them out. He says, I want you to learn everything. And so here's a disciple that says, wait a minute, Lord. I'll follow you. But I have to do these things first. He had to learn that obedience has no room for options. Disobedience is as the work, as, as the... Um, uh, as, as the spirit of uh, witchcraft, so when God says I want you to do something, don't let us not hesitate. Let's do it right away. Right away. Follow me. Lead the dead to bury the dead. Consider Jesus' response, Matthew. And Jesus said to him, Follow me. Let the dead bury their own dead. Two things Jesus made very clear. One, this left no room for personal agendas or challenges to his authority. This was a divine call and opportunity. Whenever the Lord calls us, it's a divine call and an opportunity. And I think that is so important for us to understand, so important for us to keep in mind. Okay. Uh, the next thing is. Lead the dead to bury their own. There were two agendas that were addressed: respect for a loved one, or what is important to us, and two redemption plan to save the lost. Test time. If we were to, let me go back. If we were to look at these two, and the Lord says, "I follow me." which one has more importance two the respect of, of the loved one what is, what is important to us that's 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 past that person it will be a memory in a, in a short amount of time as far as life is concerned redemption plan to save the lost when Jesus says follow me is what I'm getting ready to do lives will be saved individuals will never have to face eternal judgment follow me and he's saying yeah I'll do that Lord but let me first go and bury my father and then I'll do it wow Um, that my dear friends it's very disturbing one last thing we are disciples of Christ which means that we have to keep it real with our priorities response and responsibility being a disciple isn't free it will cost all of us something it will cost us something the question is are we willing to pay And as we close this morning, I thank you for your patience. And I pray that the word discipleship begin to resonate in our spirit. And say, Lord, help me. Help me to be the person that I need to be in this day and time. Permit me to pray for you. Father, I thank you for the saints of God. I thank you for what you're going to do in and through their lives. May they not be, Lord, like... uh, crowd who just wanted something from you or hasty decisions that are made without counting the cost. You told us to count the cost because you had no pleasure in individuals who put their hand to the plow and turned back. Lord, I, I pray for those who use their personal situation to make an eternal decision keep us from not being so burdened with the present that we lose sight of the future in walking with you. This is a learning experience for us. Help us, Lord, to stay focused. And it glorifies the Father. It thrills your heart. And herein is where we find real joy. And those who do not know Christ, I pray, Lord, that they will come to this point and saying, Lord, I recognize I'm a sinner. I can't save myself. And I'm willing to trust you right now. I believe. I trust you with my spirit, my soul, and ask that you save me by the blood of Jesus. Guess what he'll do? He'll do it. And so, Lord, I thank you for what you're going to do. In Jesus' name we pray. And all the saints said.